the Gridiron with Big Sean and Seawall. Welcome back. Two weeks off. Nice break. Uh, you know, we just had a we had everything. We got everything handled for the November election. We had to go vote and everything. Everyone went home, and um, we're all back into our normal lives now. And what a great football weekend coming up to talk about. What do you think, brother? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird because there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of distractions. Because I mean, one reason we took off last week is you know we need a break too. We need a bye week like these players do, I guess, because we have a lot going on in our lives. But on top of that, I mean, just getting ready for the election. It's a big deal for the United States and. Uh, a lot of distractions, but you know what's awesome about it is we can come together and talk about football, which is America's pastime, baby. So I, I feel good. I, we can kind of get all that craziness out of our heads, and here we are talking about football, so I'm ready to get going. Well, now we can talk about some more more craziness, which is uh, we didn't have an episode last week, but Trevor Lawrence tested positive last week and yeah. uh, missed the Boston College game, and they came out and really made it a scare for Clemson yep. there. I mean, they're up to 18 points in the first half. Uh, Clemson ended up prevailing. The backup quarterback ended up winning. But they got a huge matchup this week. But Trevor Lawrence missing two football games kind of takes you out of the Heisman race. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, two games in a 10-game season? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, too. Like, it kind of just depends on – in my opinion, I feel like it depends on a person's opinion on in regards to is it stat-based or is it team win-based. To me, it's always been stat-based. So if you're taking out a guy for two games where he's not going to play due to COVID, that's two games where you can't pad his stats, which we all know T-Law is probably the best quarterback in college football, if not the best. And he's not going to have those two games to pad those stats. So you can argue that it's going to affect his Heisman race. Uh, but to be honest, man, after this Notre Dame game, I mean, who else do they have left in the ACC in their schedule that's going to give them a much of a fight? I mean, he'll have a lot of time to make up those those stats, if, you, if we're being honest, just because the ACC is not where it usually is in regards to strength of schedule and, and strong teams. So uh, does it take him out completely? Probably not, but it definitely makes it a lot harder for him to be a Heisman Trophy winner. I think right now at this point, the stats I have written down for me, he's got 70.7 percentage of a completion rate, 1,833 yards with seven touchdowns and two interceptions. That's pretty That's pretty solid uh, so far. But And that's even without the game he played last week. So, I mean, imagine where he, he could have probably thrown for three more touchdowns, four more touchdowns, and be at the 20-touchdown 20, 20 mark at this point. Uh, so, I mean, it, we'll see. I definitely make, think it makes it harder for him, but I don't think it completely takes him out of it, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, you just got to give the benefit of the doubt uh, to guys like Mac Jones and uh, the kid from BYU. Who's who's the quarterback from BYU? I can't remember his name. Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Zach, He's yeah. having a stellar year. BYU's looking pretty good. They haven't played a very prominent schedule yet, but, I mean – He's definitely thrown himself in the conversation. Mac Jones, um, Justin Fields is more than likely probably going to enter it here in a couple weeks. Uh, it's it's going to go down the wire. It's a little different than this year because you know you kind of you kind of had uh, two to three guys last year that really just stepped out in front of the crowd, uh, like Joe Burrow and uh, others among the mix, but. I think this year is going to be a little different. COVID definitely is going to have an impact. So. Yeah, I uh, I think Zach Wilson's got a really good shot. Devontae Smith has a really good shot. Najee Harris has a good shot. Um, you can't count. I don't know why. I guess maybe Travis Etienne is overlooked because of T-Law. But Etienne is lights out. He's the best running back in college football, in my opinion. Him or, him or, another, him or another, speaking, speaking of COVID uh, impacting Heisman races, Kyle Trask. Yeah, Kyle Trask that is another really, one. I mean, he was in the conversation two weeks ago, and then they didn't play for two straight weeks, and people just kind of forgot. Yeah, but you know what? I think he can still do it. I mean, I, I think he can still do see, it. I just don't think people are talking about I it. I don't want to say it too early. Now, after this weekend, we will really know if he's if he's got what it takes to be the Heisman. I mean, this is a really big weekend for, and we'll get into the Florida Georgia game later, but. Uh, I mean, Kyle Trask broke the SEC record uh, through first four games of touchdown passes. I mean, that's an SEC record, and he's playing all SEC teams. There's been times in the past where guys who, you know, at the first four games of the season, they're playing some cupcakes so they can pad those stats a little bit. Kyle Trask has broken the SEC record in passing touchdowns against four SEC opponents. That's pretty impressive. So I think people are overlooking them because of the SEC, or I'm sorry, the uh, Florida COVID crisis, and so they missed two games. 
uh, which they're going to make up later. So, I mean, it doesn't, it'll still, we'll get to see if he can actually catch up in regards to where he is at in his stats. But uh, I think Kyle Trask still has a good shot. It, it hurt that they lost to AM, but that really necessarily wasn't on him. I mean, there's been Heisman Trophy winners in the past that have lost plenty of games. Like Lamar Jackson, I'm pretty sure Louisville, I think, I think they lost four games th- that year when he won the Heisman. Tim Tebow lost two or three the season he won. And I mean, it, it, people make the argument that you have to win games to win the Heisman. Uh, let's be, I, I'm the guy who argues it's the guy with the best stats who's the best player on the team in college football. So that's that's me. That's that's how yeah, I think no, they kind of vote on the it. The Heisman's but. definitely more stat driven than like would you say the NFL MVP? You know, right, NFL right. MVP. You got to be you got to be on a winning football team. But anyways, we're talking about the Florida Gators. We can now talk about Dan Mullen drawing some controversy again. Can't stay yeah. out of the media. That's different. <laughs> Dan Mullen. He you sounds know, like Donald you, Trump, you never, John. <laughs> Dan Mullen, you didn't hear about him for five, six seasons at State, and then now he comes to Florida, and now he's in the media every single week. So, um, Now, this was uh, a hit on Kyle Trask that was, in my opinion, warranted for a, a, an obvious flag. Um, Which didn't happen. It, it, it was a Hail Mary. The flag was not thrown. Uh, he did get hit very, very late. Uh, I don't know what the refs were looking at. Probably got sidetracked and just watched the ball. But, uh, you know, Dan Mullen's first reaction, I think this was kind of like a fight-or-flight uh, scenario. You know, his reaction was couldn't believe what he saw. And uh, I tell you, the only part that Dan Mullen got wrong was he went out there and said that he was speaking to officials, but I think, he, I think video showed that he was – if, if approaching uh, Missouri football players. He was not and, He was not going to speak to officials, I can tell you that. Yeah, he was approaching Missouri football players. And when you do that, that engages the other coach from the other sideline to come out because he's got to defend his players no matter if they're right or wrong. And uh, I think, and then you saw that big stir up. And ultimately, no one wants to see that in uh, football, but sometimes it happens. But ultimately, um, I don't think Dan Mullen should have came out and – as Darth Vader after something like that happens. But <laughs> old Darth. It was I mean, I guess it was funny. Um some people did like it, some people didn't, but I mean me personally wouldn't have made that decision. I probably would not have came out in Darth Vader at after the game, after that <laughs> halftime fiasco. Yeah, well, you know, I guess to each his own. I'm a little biased, uh, but I think it's healthy when you see a guy that he's not only going to bat for his players but after the game, everything's said and done. He's celebrating. He's having fun with the guys who work their ass off each week in practice. Uh, I like that guy. That's a guy I want to play for. And, uh, you know, some people, and I will say, some of the things he does is questionable. Like, you know, he, he can do some goofy things. He is a goofy coach. I mean, he kind of is, to be honest. All, all the dancing that he does, you see him do on the sidelines and, and some of the, the Darth Vader dress-ups and stuff, you know. Some people may not like that, and that's fine. Uh, I think it's fun uh, when you're when you're implementing hard work and fun together, and you celebrate the wins that you get. That's important, celebrating your wins. So, um, in regards yeah, but to you, got to think about what happened, though. Right, but but at the end of the game, it's not he's not focused on what happened at halftime. He's focused on they won the game, they came back and handled business in the second half, and he's celebrating the win. I agree, and that's what I was about to get into. I agree with how the halftime thing looked. I mean, anytime your head coach runs out in the middle of the field, and he is whether he's approaching Missouri football players, and he's also getting some words in with the Missouri coaching staff, that's gonna not that's gonna show your players that oh, since he can do it, I can do it too. And when you have young kids like that, eighteen to twenty-two year old football players out on the field, so, and you know. Some of them are already aggressive, right? They're, they not only are letting their play on the field talk, but then they get the opportunity to maybe get into each other's faces with the other team, and your coach is doing the same thing. That's only going to drive encouragement. So I definitely didn't agree with him going out there. I do agree with him defending his quarterback. I do anytime my yeah, quarterback no, would get hit like that. that. Uh, I would be pretty upset too. Would I go out in the middle of the field and, and start waving my hands around and yelling at players and trying to get into it with the other coaching staff? Probably not. But I would definitely be yelling and I would definitely be getting referees on my sideline. I would definitely try to have a civil conversation with the Missouri coaching staff uh, because that's just not right. I mean, you can't 
You, you can't let a team like that get away with that. And then on top of it, now you lose Missouri edge rusher Trey Williams, Zach Carter, Antoine Power from UF. They're all ejected at the at the end of the half and now for the first half of their next game. So that could have all been avoided. So it's just how you look at things. But uh, it definitely – it's kind of funny. The Gators have been in the media a lot the last couple of weeks. So uh, yeah. maybe, they can, maybe they can be in the media for a good thing if they can beat the Bulldogs this week. We'll see. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some games that's got going on this week. We got uh, – Michigan, Indiana, Florida, Georgia, and Clemson, Notre Dame. Some pretty good football games that are uh, going to be played uh, spaced out evenly. The 11 o'clock Michigan, Indiana is Michigan at a uh, three-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, this week we're going to pick our games at the end. But um, Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat already, two games yeah. in. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of questions up in the air. Uh, they come out and they put a dominating performance against Minnesota. And and then Minnesota drops a game to Maryland on Thursday night, and I think that's it makes sense what happened on Saturday following that that Michigan State beats Michigan. I think we overhyped uh, Minnesota a whole lot. Um, maybe they're not the team that we thought they could be this year. And then Michigan um, constantly Michigan Jim Harbaugh can't beat his rivals. Yeah, can't beat Ohio State. Can't beat Michigan State. He's only won one. He's like one in seven, I believe. Uh, that's not going to fly. Yeah. And um, this week they have Indiana. Indiana is a really good coach football team coming in. Uh, 2-0, and they beat uh, Penn State week number one uh, in OT. And they're looking to come. I mean, you're going to have to go into Indiana, Bloomington. And the way Michigan's been played last week, uh, you got to come in and play a really, really solid football game in order to walk in. Because Indiana is definitely not going to hand you the game. That's just no, not how they play. Not. Um, now Indiana is a solid team. They're not above, like they're not great, but it's a team that you have to go on the road. You have to play a well-executed game plan, and overall, you can't turn the ball over because turning the ball over on the road, a team like Indiana is going to have to make you pay for that. Yeah. So this game is really interesting. It comes on at eleven. Uh, the Wolverines definitely, definitely have to win this. Uh, to uh for them to not give up on this season. so Yep, yep. I, I like how you brought up the turnover uh, margin as well because uh, one thing Indiana has done really well at this season is it's owning the turnover battle. It's not having any problems uh, on their offense when they get the ball, uh, that, turning those turnovers into points. And that's one thing. They've actually been one of the most efficient teams in college football to do that from a statistical standpoint. So uh, if, you're, if you're Michigan and you're not protecting the ball and you're going to give Indiana a chance to convert off those turnover points – uh, that's gonna be an that's gonna be an issue in the turnover battle. But uh, you know, I, I said it a couple weeks ago. Harbaugh, to me, you know, I, I thought I ate my words after the Minnesota game because I remember when we previewed, you know, Michigan Minnesota. I was like, I, I just don't, I, I don't see Harbaugh having his season again this year. I just see it, I see it being average again. And it's like he, the, it, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and nothing's happened in Michigan. Nothing, nothing like their expectations have been, right? I mean, nothing crazy, and I've just been waiting. And, uh, you know, regardless, uh, I, I think Michigan will have an easier time this week with Indiana than they did against Michigan State. Michigan State was a very high-tempo, quick-tempo offense, and they kept producing on, you know, second and third down. And when I say second down, I mean like second and long, if you watch that game. And, and the time of possession was com- is completely skewed in that game as well. So, I mean, I think Michigan will have a little bit better opportunity to come back and bounce back. One thing I will say, if you look at the series, uh, 24 straight for the Wolverines against Indiana, 39 of its last 40. Uh, I think the last time uh, I see in my, my notes that Indiana lost or, or won against Michigan was in 1987. So if that tells you anything, I'm not, and you know, I definitely am certain that there's been, you know, better Indiana teams and maybe worse Michigan teams coming into this or worse Michigan teams coming into this game. So uh, we'll do our picks later, but I think Michigan could have a good opportunity to use that momentum that they, when they come into a loss and they use that to build back their, uh, their season and they can win and, uh, and, you know, get focused and fix the areas they need to be fixed. So I think the Milton kid can be good. Honestly. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think I think uh, Joe Milton's he's definitely stud. got some really really good potential. But uh, the talents there, Michigan, it's uh, yeah. it's it's other areas that need to be expanded. But anyways, we're gonna do the Deep South rivalry. How about yeah. that, Florida Georgia? Uh, the game's still getting played in Jacksonville. I'm assuming, right? They're not yep. nothing's World's changed there. Cocktail so, party, yeah, still there, man. Um, 
I can imagine the tailgating is going to be limited a little bit, but I can imagine people are still heading down to town. And I can honestly imagine with being in Florida, with the, the rules and everything, there's probably going to be a pretty decent crowd in that NFL stadium. So um, Florida comes in and, uh, you know, they obviously are a really good football team. Um, so is Georgia. But what I'm noticing on each side is Georgia's offense sputtering and Florida's defense improving in pieces. Right. So I don't – obviously that's trending well for Florida. Right. Uh, the offense uh, – well, we all know the Florida offense can, can score. Yeah. Uh, but the Georgia defense is a problem. Um, they did have problems with Alabama in the second half. But uh, since then, I think they've only given up a touchdown in like two games, so seven points, and that's that's pretty that's pretty strong. Um, I, this I, I really I'm confused on this game because most times you know Florida's coming in with the stronger defense, and Georgia's got the weapons on offense, and it's it's flip flopped. You know now you know you're yep. seeing Aaron Murray, Nick Chubb, uh, Sony Michelle. And on the other side, you're thinking you're you're thinking of seeing uh, in, in that Elam kid that used to play with y'all, Quincy Wilson. Yep. I mean, just all the Quincy. defensive stars yeah. that used to play in that this, this rivalry game. Now it's a little flip flop. So this game is going to be really really fun to watch, in my opinion. It obviously decides the East. You win it, you're, you're pretty much you you put yourself in a great spot to go and play Alabama in the SEC championship game. And Stetson Bennett. And Kyle Trask, or whoever plays better, is probably going to win this game. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. It's it's a really weird game, and you look at the past matchups and going into this year. Uh, I think uh, for Georgia, it couldn't work out better that, you know, and I, this may sound bad, but Florida's front seven has been a little sus the entire season. Last week, I will say Missouri's run offense is a little underrated. They have a pretty good run offense, and, and Florida did a good job when they, they got back some of their key pieces. Uh, I know Zach Carter now, you know, he, he's suspended for, you know, this week. But uh, I say this week, he's suspended for the first half. But uh, the front seven looked a lot better against Missouri. Uh, the secondary is still giving up 200-plus yards a game. I think we only have one interception, uh, the Florida offense does, or Florida defense, excuse me. And I just think that when you look at the matchup and the trend, Stetson Bennett's been struggling the last two weeks. Only 14 points against Kentucky last week, 14-3 to victory. It's still a victory, but it wasn't super impressive. Uh, the But what Georgia needs to do, what their advantage is in this game, I think, is they want to run the ball down your throat. Uh, and when they do that, that opens up that passing game for a guy like Stetson Bennett, who is more of a game manager. They want to control the clock. Uh, that gives him the ability to, when he can do that, uh, that gets the ball to his playmakers, and that can really, you know, t- uh, put some put some Florida players on defense in some tough positions. So it, it's a really weird game coming into. It. And and but I will say an advantage for Florida is they've had the rest now with COVID. They looked a lot better against Missouri. The first half, they did not. But the second half, they looked a lot better. They're a little rusty. And we know that Florida and Georgia, when they come into this game, I mean, the the kids are fired up the entire week. So they're ready to go at it. So they're going to play some good football on Saturday. Uh, I think the Georgia secondary is one of the best in the nation. That's the only thing that's a little a little uh, scary for the Gators. And the only thing scary for the Bulldogs, I will say, is Kyle Trask. I mean, he's really good. They have a lot of playmakers. And I, I should say not only Kyle Trask, but Kadarius Toney. Uh, Kadarius Toney is lighting it up right now. He's a really good player. And then you can't even forget a guy like Kyle Pitts. I mean, they've just Florida's got so many weapons on offense. Uh, and but Georgia's got so many weapons on defense. Uh, the only thing is they don't have Richard look uh, look out this week. Uh, so their star guy on defense for Georgia will be out without you know he got in that traffic accident. I don't know if you saw that, uh, but uh, it's going to be a really close game. I think it's not going to be super high scoring, but it's, it won't be like anything crazy. I'm thinking like maybe like a a 24-21 kind of deal. Uh, and I'm not going to pick yet, but there's a lot of weird matchups, and it's going to be a really interesting game to watch. I'm honestly having a horrible time trying to pick it because I, I want to pick one team, and then I want to pick the other team because of the, what advantages they have, and it's going to be one of those games where once it starts, we kind of see the first half. We can kind of see where the momentum's going, what's uh, unfolding, and then we can really see who's going to take the game. So, 
All right, uh, last game we're going to talk about Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, without Trevor Lawrence again this week, they hit the road South Bend. Uh, they got to they got to go up and beat Notre Dame in their house. And but what we all know about Notre Dame is yep. they don't win the big yep. games, and they <laughs> never have. And Brian Kelly is way behind in that category. So. In my eyes, uh, even with the backup, Clemson uh, can can go in there and win this football game. But they have to play a good football game. They yep. can't. They can't. If they come out in the first half and play like they did against Boston College, uh, it's going to be a little bit harder to come back, uh, in my opinion, in this football game, especially on the road. So, yeah. I I have very high ex- expectations for the Clemson offense this week, and. Yep. Uh, I'm not a believer in Ian Book, so I'm very, very interested to watch this game at 6.30 on ABC, I believe. Yep, I think uh, T-Law plays this game. I'm almost 100% certain Clemson wins. Uh, they got the the freshman DJ, and I, I always mess up his name. It's like DJ Ugalele. Ugalele. Yeah, I don't even try. I don't even <laughs> but try. He, he, I'm not even going to try. I mean, I just did, but... Uh, you know, he, he did, what, 30 for 41 for 342 yards, two scores, uh, 25 yards rushing and a touchdown. He had a really good first start, but uh, it was a little suspect. Boston College had Clemson's number last week. and uh, But the thing is, I think with another week of practice, uh, you know, you get those kids going. Uh, Travis Etienne is probably one of the best running backs in a long time for Clemson, if not the best. I mean, it's. I feel like Clemson. We talk about how Brian Kelly can't win the big games. Clemson can win the big games, and they have in the past. Uh, so I'm feeling good with Clemson going in this game. I think a lot of people are scared. Uh, Notre Dame. I will say, uh, you know, Notre Dame can still surprise us, though. Notre Dame's been hasn't had anything crazy. They haven't had a killer schedule. They haven't done anything. Uh, you know, no wild upsets, strange performances yet. They've done what they needed to do, and I think they've actually been better than I've expected because usually you see Notre Dame and they struggle in one game and then they'll lose one or they'll be really close to losing one. We're like, well, that's typical Notre Dame. Uh, but, I mean, dude, only allowing 98 rushing yards per game. The pass defense is stellar right now. For And I think if they can continue the trend, it'll be a closer game, but it is the Clemson Tigers. And when it comes to the Clemson Tigers, you have all that talent. It's tough to pick against them, especially even when they don't have Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, we'll see. It's going to be a really good matchup. I think it's going to be actually one of the more – this whole weekend of college football, I know we're nearing the end of this segment, but the whole weekend as a whole, I feel like there's a lot of good games this weekend, a lot of a lot of matchups to kind of see where the conference's leaders are going to take place, right? So you got the SEC East Championship, I like to call it, with Florida, Georgia. you got Clemson and Notre Dame, the two best ACC teams right now, I would say, uh, facing off this week. And whoever wins that will be a clear ACC Championship favorite. Um, and, and, you know, even the matches like Michigan and Indiana, I mean, you want to see games like that because Indiana is a two and no star. They're, they're looking pretty good and Michigan now struggling. So a lot of good football. I think I, I would advise anybody to kind of sit on the couch and watch some football this week and go, you'll be missing out. So, yeah, I think we're all, we all need some uh, football this weekend. Yes, so, we uh, do. We're going to stay tuned and we'll be going into the second segment. See you a bit guys. And we're back. It's time for segment two of Hot Takes on the Gridiron. And as always, we uh, updated our fantasy teams <laughs> in uh, our Lynn Haven Dog Soldier League. And right now, the last time we talked about this, I was sitting at three and four. I won two straight weeks, went to four and three. No, went to I was yeah, it was three and three, went to four and three. And then now I lost this past week going to 4-4. Four and four. So uh, I'm 500. Right now I'm in the playoffs, though. I'm in the final seed. I'm the four seed of the eight-man league. And this week I have to play the number one seed in Diesel. So uh, opti- I'm very optimistic about this week, but uh, it is not do or die. I've got some guys out. Uh, one of them has COVID. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, he was going to be a starter this week. He played last week, got 23 points for me. Um, and just over the over the Miles Sanders has a bye week. Uh, Chris Godwin just really really up in the air. But overall, uh, running back is where I'm struggling right now. So uh, 
looking to looking to make a uh, a stretch for the rest of the season. So uh, you never know. Yep. Yeah, well, I did take down the number one seed this past week. I'm sitting. I'm actually feeling really good. Uh, I'm five and two, uh, and I really shouldn't be. I feel like uh, what's really bailed me out is my receivers. I definitely think uh, call me crazy, but I definitely think I have the best receiver lineup in the league. Uh, I just truly do. I've got Tyree Kill dropping twenty five. I got Devontae Adams dropped thirty. Uh, Tyler Lockett didn't drop 50 like he did last week, but he only dropped eight. But then Robert Woods came in clutch and dropped 28 in the flex. Uh, I mean, when you have guys doing your receivers at all four positions doing that, it's hard to lose. Where I am struggling really bad on this team that's going to end up not letting me win this season is the running back position. Um, And maybe it will. When Eckler comes back healthy, Aaron Jones has been in and out every single week. But when he's playing at an all-time level and I get both those guys back, Deshaun Watson, he's putting up 20 to 25 points a week. Uh, I should be okay. I think I have a really good shot. But my issue is as well as tight end. Uh, I'm struggling hard. Tyler Higbee's is not the guy. that We all thought he was after that three-touchdown game in the second game of the season. We were like, oh, yep, you know, we're right. We're right. Tyler Higbee's the guy. And here we are, and he's done absolutely nothing this season. So it's just been pretty tough. Uh, but I'm, I'm really liking where my team's at. i uh, got a lot of young talent as well on the bench. Uh, and I even don't even mention i got Houston's number one receiver on my bench as well, Will Fuller. I mean, when you can switch out Robert Woods and Will Fuller in your flex, that's a pretty pretty solid deal. So I feel good to be at 5-2 and two with no running backs. I'm, I'm actually really lucky. I'm not as – I'm sorry, I'm not 5-10, 5-3. Uh, but – I'm not as lucky as that dude Jimmy at six and two. I don't know if you've seen his points against. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy's uh, in a big our luck league, box. Uh, Jimmy only has 930 points against him. Uh, against him, and he's yeah. six and two. Uh, and I that's just absurd. I mean, it's crazy. I, I think almost the majority of the leagues put up more points than him, and. He only has 930 it's points just against, lucky. and he's People in second place. People don't score against him. It is. It's fantasy luck. And that's okay. Jimmy's team's not bad. I mean, he's doing decent. But when, when it but comes down to it's it, just, the, you can't win. I mean, you can win in the playoffs without luck. But more than likely, the team you're playing in the playoffs normally has more consistent players, and you're not going to get them on a bad week most of the time. So Right. Most of the time. That's just yeah. what I'm saying. So. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think what I love about – before we move on real quick, what I also love about the league is you'll see – Number one right now is Diesel. He's got you know he's tied at six and two with Jimmy, but he's got the most points in the league, so he's going to be in that first place spot. Dane has probably the best team in the league, in my opinion. When you have the most points for, and then you have the second points against, and you're still in first, that's pretty impressive. So Dane's done really well. Um, <laughs> if you look at last place, uh, Dylan has thirteen thousand points against. Beat I mean, me this week. Yeah, I have DB this week, so I should be okay if the trend continues. And Dylan has, you know, the bad luck uh, juju like he's had this season. My team should pop off, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, now uh, we're going to move to our little second talking point, and it's not very long, but it's just something that we'd like to notify. And the Steelers remain unbeaten. Um, They they get out of the scare against uh, the Titans' comeback two weeks ago. Um, they got up big, and Titans almost came out. And then this past week, uh, they play the Ravens. And yep. ultimately, I think they they handled that game pretty well, in my opinion. Um, you know, Big Ben and the receivers really, really meshed well. Um, uh, Lamar Jackson uh, threw, threw a pick six, so the Steelers got off to an early start. But throughout the game, um, the Steelers did have to go to the end and score a touchdown, but I really liked how the offense played in general. Um, they moved the ball very well against the, uh, the best defense in the league in Baltimore, in my opinion. And uh, the Steelers' defense obviously stepped up a little bit and uh, limited Lamar Jackson. So this Steelers team and Mike Tomlin, I don't think Mike Tomlin gets enough credit. We've talked about him before. He's a but great coach, I really, man. really have high uh, – Great coach. High regards to Mike Tomlin. So the Steelers being undefeated right now, um, I would say if you told me that at the beginning of the season, I would be pretty shocked. But uh, a lot of people are talking about them running the table. I don't believe that. But uh, really, you don't? Uh, they, people, you can't play. You can't. You can't win every week. I mean, yeah. That's just unrealistic. Oh, I thought when you meant run the table. I'm sorry. I didn't know you meant run the table being undefeated. I thought you meant run the table as win the championship. This nah, year. they can do that. But uh, winning every game, not losing game this season, uh, very unlikely. Yeah, so, very unlikely. Yeah. 
Steelers a good football team, and uh, I just feel like it was it needed to be known that to bring them up. So. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, the Steel Curtain defense, man. I, what I love about the Steelers is they pride themselves on a good defense. They always have, and they they usually always have one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, one thing I will say improvement is I think Big Ben coming back has really helped them this year. Uh, I, I think people just often forget that Big Ben was one of the best passing quarterbacks in 2018 before he got hurt. I'm pretty sure he finished third in passing yards that year and he was like the third rated fantasy quarterback that year i mean he's a stud now granted he's not doing that necessarily this year but his team's winning he's 7-0 and i think the main you know their main focus on their offense has been through the air so far uh and w- another talking point that, that i pulled up uh, online as well uh, i saw in a cbs article when you look at their statistics they were 29th in the league in yards last year and gained uh, and that was really bad for a rushing attack. They've already improved to 16th this year, and and obviously they're going to have to improve that a little bit more if they want to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl and play. But uh, their offense is doing all the right things to catch up with that really good defense, and they've got probably one of the best teams in the league right now. You, I mean, you got to look at their talent from across the board. I mean, they're firing on all cylinders. Little disappointed with Juju Schuster's performance so far, but he also has a lot of guys like Chase Claypool's out, you know, outburst and. And Deontay Johnson kind of taken away from those targets, but uh, I mean Eric Ebron. All, I mean they're they're firing all cylinders. I think they have a good chance to go to the Super Bowl if they continue to win like this. Obviously they're seven and zero, but uh, there's still a lot of football to be played left. I mean you never know some bad stuff can happen. I mean we've all seen COVID affect teams so far, so uh, I'm I'm riding high on them. I love that steel curtain defense, man. But we're gonna have to wait and see if they can actually you know be on pace to finish really strong, and I'm sure they can but running the table you're probably right i don't see it happening so well let's look into some matchups this week we got a seahawks at bill seahawks a uh, uh, field goal favorite um uh, russell wilson mvp i've been saying it and uh you know he ultimately um i, I think i think it's his the his to lose i mean he's just going to keep showing up and playing and putting putting up great numbers every week so yeah uh the seahawks uh, hitting the road and going to buffalo new york and the bills are um Bills are a struggling football team right now, despite being six and two, in my opinion. Uh, Josh Allen uh, not playing his greatest football right now. Uh, granted, the past two games they played, the weather has been very, very subpar. So, um, and you know, the Bills—they really decided to run the football last week against the Patriots. They were able to do that very effectively between Singletary and Moss. Moss had a really good game, yeah. and uh, ultimately, the Seahawks need. Uh, I think they need to get one of their guys back in Carlos Hyde or uh, I can't. What's what's the uh, what's the main? Who's the main back in Seattle? Chris Carson. Not Carlos. Uh, Chris Carson. Uh, I think Chris uh, yeah, Carson I'm is say, coming you said, back. You said week. Carlos Hyde over Chris Carson. I'm like, no, I said I, I had the main back. I knew I knew Chris Carlos Hyde was on the team, but they need to get one of them back. I think uh, Chris Carson is coming back. Chris to play, Carson so is going to strap up this week. The, uh, the Seahawks and Bills is going to be a very interesting game. I think it's an early game. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, you're going to see Russell Wilson, like you said, put up another MVP caliber game. Uh, their run game with the injuries with Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde not being there, their run game hasn't been as impressive this season, but they've got so much talent in the passing game. It's does, it really doesn't warrant any problems. I mean, when you got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf catching the ball for you on a weekend basis, I mean, that's just incredible. They're two of the best at what they do. So, uh, you know, Josh Allen for Buffalo to come in and really, really kind of shift the momentum, uh, they're really going to have to improve what they've been doing on offense because, you know, the Bills have got the talent on defense, but, man, their offense has just been abysmal, in my opinion, the last couple of weeks. And uh, and it's crazy. They had such a hot start, and then they, you've seen kind of like a, uh, a dip in the past couple of weeks in their production on that side of the football. So uh, for them to have a chance, they're going to have to be able to put up some points because, you, you know, you can probably do well against the Seattle defense, but really and truthfully, you got to beat Seattle's offense with your offense. you got to put up – you got to kind of contest with their offense back and forth because they're going to put up some points. So uh, I think uh, – You're going to have to throw this ball. You get Josh Allen's going to be able to throw the ball over the field. Oh, game. exactly. And I think he can – you know, I don't know – He can do it. Wh- oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know where, you know, this – you know, we'll see. I, I just don't – what I've seen from him the last couple weeks, I just don't know. You know, I just don't know if he can get it done. But we'll see. Well, what if there's the anyone is. to get it going against, it's the, the last pass defense in the, in the league. So. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, we'll see. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. So, uh, second matchup now. We're going to talk about the Ravens hitting the road to Indianapolis, play the Colts. And uh, Ravens coming off a loss. Um, 
Yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens, Mark Ingram, Dobbins, uh, John Harbaugh. I like the Ravens here in this game, honestly, coming off a loss. Uh, I think they're still a really, really good football team. And to see them at minus two and a half is, I don't know. I, I think, I guess they're just putting a lot of weight in the, the Colts being at home. And yeah. uh, I'm not saying the Colts are a bad football team, but uh, they're one of those teams that seem to play down to their opponent's level, but uh, also can play up to their opponent's level. So, uh, Philip Rivers, obviously, uh, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of time left, but I think he's making with <laughs> what is he going to die, Sean? My God! <laughs> in the league, I think he's making. I think he's making uh, do with what he has, though. Honestly, I think a lot of people are surprised hey guys, in his Phillip, performance. Philip doesn't have a lot of time left, guys. He's get, he's going to die here in the next couple of weeks. He does. He's been playing, but uh, he well, he's having he's having to play a couple of years extra because he's got nine children to put through college. So, <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so uh, this game's. I think this game. I think the Ravens really take off, but. I would not be surprised if the Colts uh, put a little surge in the fourth quarter. You know, I'm, I'm opposite. I feel weird about this game. I think the Colts can do it, and here's why. I saw a statistic today. One of the craziest things I've seen. NFL teams are 1-6 this season the week after they face the Steelers. And it, you saw it with the Tennessee Titans. They, they fell cursed to it this past week. I mean, the Titans lost to the Bengals in week eight, bro. <laughs> if you told me the Titans were going to lose to the Bengals in week eight, I would tell you you're absolutely crazy. Uh, will the way Ravens had this curse affect them after teams have been one of six after facing the Steelers? We'll see. Uh, but I, I, I do agree with what you said about they're putting a lot of faith in where the Colts at home. Uh, I mean, the, the, the home field advantage this year hasn't been as, you know, prioritized, I feel like, because there's not, not been as many fans in the stands with COVID. So I'm not buying the home field statistic, you know, as much this yeah. year as I usually would. Uh, but, I mean, Phillip Rivers looked really good last week. Their offense looked good. And we know the Colts have a fantastic defense. So, um We'll see. I, I'm very. This is a toss-up pick for me, honestly. Uh, we'll see what I go with in our next segment, but uh, it, this will be a good game to watch. I think. I think it's definitely going to be a game that's overlooked uh, because you know I think everyone wants to watch the Saints and and the Bucks or stuff like that, and yeah. Seattle and Bills. I mean, Colts and Ravens is still going to be a good game. So, yeah. well, you mentioned the next game. It's going to be uh, Saints at Buccaneers. Brady versus Breeze, um, going to be seeing who who's going to leave that game with the most passing touchdowns in NFL history. They kind of keep just jumping each other over who has a better game the next week. But, yeah, um, you know, the Bucks are playing some pretty good football right now. I believe they're 6-2. And, two, and uh, the Saints also, I mean, they're not playing great, but they're winning games. They're and winning, yeah. That's all, that's all you can do. Uh, two old veterans, uh, quarterback leading their teams, I mean, it seems like a year-in-and-year-out thing where you're seeing these old veterans that people just – I mean, I'm not saying people expected them to do bad this year, but, you know, they, they, they expect to see some decline, which you have with Drew Brees, but with enough talent around him, I think the team – the Saints are a really well-developed team. But Buccaneers, Tom Brady, I mean, yeah, he's 42 years old, but, man, you wouldn't know it. I mean, no. the, the guy just – he's not fast. He's not – Agility is not mobility is not great, but his ability to move move and work a pocket you could just tell he's been doing it for twenty years. Yeah. Um, and uh, AB AB coming back to play. I think I yeah. think this is the week he's ready to play. If I'm wrong. No, I, he he is he is going to play this week. Yeah, it's yeah. the debut so of AB this week. So uh, I, yeah, I saw Bruce Arians said he doesn't know how many snaps he's going to get, but it's AB. I mean, I think it's we're gonna, AB, I, think, bro. I, think, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see him on the field quite a bit with Chris Godwin and his finger. You know, it hurts him. So uh, we'll see. But I'm really excited to watch this game. Yeah, I, I uh, if it, if AB's debut goes anything like it did with Tom Brady in 2019, he'll have <laughs> plenty of catches, plenty of yards, and even a touchdown catch because that's what it looked like for the Patriots with AB. So. I, I think uh, this offense for the Bucks that they've built is absolutely scary. They've got so many weapons. Uh, their defense is looking very good as well. This is a very good football team. And I don't want to take anything away from the Saints. It stinks that they haven't had guys like Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. I mean, Michael Thomas hasn't played. Drew Brees hasn't really been performing like a Drew Brees level in the past. Uh, but like you said, it's important when you're winning football games. You know, It doesn't necessarily have to be a pretty win sometimes. As long as you're winning, a win is still a win. So uh, yeah. this will be a fun one. I actually am most excited for this one because I like watching the Drew Brees-Tom Brady match of the two of my favorite quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, it's very fun. It, it, it's so much fun. Like Everyone hypes up like the Aaron 
Rodgers Brady matchups, but I really like the Brady and the Breeze matchup. The Brady Breeze matchups to me are always way more fun to watch. So I'm really excited to watch this one. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a more offensive game than we think. I think the Saints will come out and do pretty well on offense. I think so with the Bucks, to our surprise. But uh, I really, I think it would like everyone. Uh, you're going to see two 40-year-old quarterbacks face off, but I think a lot of people's eyes are going to be on A.B. I think everyone wants to see what A.B. looks like after you know being gone for so long. You, you've seen those guys that lead the game, like the Rob Gronkowskis, who also is in this game. Uh, it takes them a little bit to catch up back to that game speed. So uh, I want to see A.B. is, what, 31? So I'm interested to see how A.B. looks like after being gone from the game so long. So that's going to be a guy that I have my eye on this week. So Yeah, I think he's going to be ready. But anyways... Um... It's time for segment three. We're going to pick some games, and uh, we're going to come back to y'all. It's diesel time, baby. We'll see y'all next segment. See you in a bit. Welcome back, guys. Uh, it's time to uh, pick some football games and uh, welcome Diesel back from a long hiatus. Uh, you know, uh, I think the Arkansas football fans got on too too hard. He, uh, he ran away. But uh, anyways, we're going to see his big board and pick some football games right now. So uh, welcome. He's back. He's back. <laughs> it's been a minute. Hopefully my return isn't like Texas after they decided oh, they were back. Oh, man, but, I hope uh, it's not either. Well, hit us hit us with the sauce. Probably will be. But, no, man, I'm happy to be back. It's been a long two weeks. We had a little sick week. And uh, it's really been a slow and steady year in the books, unfortunately. You know, keeping things pretty rough and even. But going down to Biloxi here in a few weeks, going to be researching really hard to find some good plays and make some money down there in the books. I like oh it. yeah, we're making it. We're making a trip down there. Oh yeah, I'm gonna stay away from the NFL this week, guys. Because did y'all see what was going on last week? The top three Vegas liabilities, all two of them lose outright. One of them don't cover. The Bills, they don't cover the four and a half against the struggling Patriots. The Titans lose outright to the Bengals, and the Packers lose outright to the Vikings. What is Vegas doing? Vegas nowadays? is crazy. Seems like we just need to fade the public. Fade the public is always the play, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> okay, so uh, what is it this week? What, what, what did you uh, whip up in the kitchen? <laughs> well, I've been whipping up a blood bank guarantee this week. <laughs> I've never given one out before. There's no such thing as a lock, but, uh, you know, if you'd like to pay off your mortgage, I've got the play. <laughs> and, Colton, you're going to love this one. Uh-oh. Okay, let's hear it. Florida plus three and a half. Woo, Dan, I'm with you. Honestly, Florida money line. I've been thinking of this one all week. The Gators burned me once earlier in the year against A&M, but not again. (laughs) Not again. That's the last words we'll hear from Dan, guys. You just wait. (laughs) You jinxed it already. Why? No, no jinx here. QB play wins big football games. Yep. Not a fan of Stetson Bennett. Not a fan of his performance in the second half against Alabama, really in the first half. Not a fan of how he played last week against Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, Mullen and the Gators, they're hungry to win this ball game, and they've been averaging 42 points. I think they're going to score enough. I think this game's going to be about 34 to 24 Gators. I like it. I like it. You're- you might want to look at putting Florida on a teaser. If you don't like my teaser this week, Florida plus 10.5 plus 11.5 is a really good teaser play in that big mm-hmm. game down in Jacksonville. I agree. Yep. Not going to be the world's largest cocktail party this year with COVID, though. Right? I know, man. It's a bummer. I just said that earlier. I was like, the world's largest cocktail. And, and Sean even asked me, he was like, it's in Jackson. I was like, yeah, it's just not going to be the same, you know? So. Nope. But no, man, let's have a look at this week's teaser. I got a pretty good seven point teaser going for you guys this week. We're on Cincinnati. I love the Bearcats this year. Love the Bearcats. Number six team in the nation. They were one of, our, uh, one of my sleepers before the year started. They're going to play Houston this week. And uh, that seven-point teaser will take Cincinnati down to six-and-a-half against Houston. Uh, Cincinnati's covered that six-and-a-half points in games against the SMU, Memphis, UCF. I put all those teams in a higher tier than I do Houston. So I think that should be easy money with Desmond Ritter and the Bearcats. And then I'm going to go out on a limb here and take the over in the Clemson and Notre Dame game paired up with that one. Um, I'm expecting fireworks in that game, even without Lawrence. Uh, when when do you turn on Saturday night ABC Notre Dame Clemson and see a twenty one ten football game played? <laughs> you don't. 
I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see some points. I'm liking a 35-31, 31-24 kind of game. So I think that one's going to go over the 43-and-a-half on the teaser. I like it, Dave. Very nice, very nice. Well, uh, you got any extra sauce for us, or is there another teaser or something? Well, we got one more play. I was going to stay away from NFL, but as you guys were <laughs> over here talking, I started really thinking about the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a tough ah, The Ravens, not the Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders. <laughs> That's me and Sean's favorite part of every football week is uh, Monday Night Berman. Yeah. Fastest three <laughs> minutes of football. Fastest three minutes. But, man, I'm going to get on the Ravens this week. I The Colts, really good ball team. They, they play good football. They play good defense. But the Ravens coming off that loss at Pittsburgh, I'm just going to take Lamar to bounce back. I think he's going to have a big week offensively and outscore the Colts. All right. Well, uh, it's time to pick some games, Colton. I'm going to go first. All right, let's and, do uh, it. Uh, first one is Michigan minus three and a half, Indiana. Give me the Wolverines. I'm going Harbaugh uh, on the road, uh, minus three and a half. I think they come, and I uh, I think they play a uh, really, really inspired, better football game. Yep. Uh, I am also leaning Wolverines. If you look at the past record, the past matchups that they have with each other, we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, they've won, I believe, 24 straight in this series and 39 of the last 40. Uh, and if that doesn't want you to warrant to pick the Michigan Wolverines, I don't know what will. So I'm also going to go Michigan at three and a half as well. All right, your boys. Oh, next. So next, guys, we'll, I'll lead this one. We got Florida and Georgia. Uh, Georgia favored at three and a half. Uh, you know, even if the diesel wasn't on this week and he had not given us that awesome pick earlier the money line three and a half uh plus florida uh i would have also been already taking it because i'm i'm really feeling strong about florida i think they can do it this week uh i'm a little nervous about georgia's run game and if georgia can run the ball effectively then they'll have their way but i don't like where stetson bennett's been playing the last couple weeks i do like how trask has been playing since he's uh this entire season and even the week back from the covid break so i like the gators they're fired up they want to win they're hungry so i'm gonna go with the gators uh, as the underdogs in this game. 45 seconds left. Stetson Bennett driving down the football field against the Florida Gators, down four points. Uh, he takes a snap, uh, third and goal. He uh, runs around to the right and uh, hits the pylon with the football. I think Georgia upset, uh, not upsets, but uh, does beat Florida. So, uh, you know, I'm going to take him. They're going to win four and a half. What is that? Three, four, it's three. three and yep, they went by four. Yeah. So I'm taking the Bulldogs. Yep. Give me, give me, give me the dogs. No, no, down by three. My bad. Okay. Yeah, so Sean can't up, count apparently. So. <laughs> I can't. But uh, anyways, uh, so I'm taking the Bulldogs there. Kirby Smart, Stetson Bennett. Uh, I don't know. Florida's just gotta. They gotta win that game in order for me to pick them in the last five years or whatever. So. <laughs> uh, Clemson, Notre Dame. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to convince me. I don't. I never pick Notre Dame in big games. I'm not going to start now. So, I'm taking the Tigers uh, minus five and a half. Uh, I will also be taking Dabo and the Tigers. I, I like their improvement in the second half against Boston College. Notre Dame's a better team, uh, but uh, Brian Kelly doesn't win the big games, and the Clemson Tigers do win the big games. So, I'm going to take Clemson as well, uh, minus five and a half. Big game, Notre Dame. <laughs> Anyways, all right, you're, you're, I think, yeah, you're yeah, up. Yeah, I'll leave you Yeah, so now we're, in our, now we're into our three NFL matchups that we're going to pick now. Uh, quick picks here. Uh, the first one we got, Seahawks uh, favored minus three at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I like the Seattle Seahawks offense and how they've been playing right now. I don't like how the Buffalo Bills have been trending the past couple weeks. And uh, if there's any time for a turnaround, it's against the Seattle defense, right? But uh, will the Bills outscore Seattle's offense? I really I don't think so. I like how Russell Wilson's been playing, and I'm going to take Russell Wilson and the Seahawks as the favorite to win more by, than, you know, put up more than three points than the Bills will. So I'm, I'm going to go with Seahawks. Yeah, well, you've seen where the Bills have struggled the last two weeks. Uh, that's the Chiefs, a.k.a. running the football, um, running them more times than they have in a while against the Bills. Yeah. They struggled. And then the Patriots being able to run the football against them. I don't think the Seahawks can do that. So uh, I'm going to take the Bills plus three. All right, you're up. I like it. Okay. All right, now Ravens and Colts. I think uh, we talked about this one earlier. 
Uh, Colts can come back in the game in the fourth, but ultimately I think Ravens by a field goal is pretty I, – I, I'd have to say I'm going to take that. Yeah. Uh, it's tough for me. I really like the Colts defense. Uh, I, I shared that statistic earlier, the 1-6 statistic where uh, teams are 1-6 this season after playing the Steelers. And, I mean, you saw with the Tennessee Titans last week. I'm a little nervous about the Ravens, but it is the Ravens. They're one of the better teams in, in, in you know, professional football right now. So I'm going to go out on a limb as well, and I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think they can get it done against the Colts, and they can have a good bounce back week. So I will take the Ravens as well. Brady and Breeze, your turn. Yeah, the, my favorite QB matchup. It's not, it's not Brady and Rodgers. It's not any other matchup. It's just Brady and Breeze. This is my favorite quarterback matchup. And it, even though, you know, I, I like how the Saints have been winning games. They haven't been looking pretty when they're winning games, but they're winning games. I don't think that the Saints will win this game, I, I, and especially with the addition of the offensive firepower that the Bucks have and where they're playing at. They, they look like they're getting better every week. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with the Bucks, man. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and go out with them four and a half, and I want to see what AB's got in his tank after being out for so long. So I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Didn't the Bucks win the first matchup? Uh, they did. Okay. Uh, this game stays close, I believe. Um, they go back and forth. Uh, I think you're gonna see some defensive stops, and uh, uh, I think the Bucks can win, but I think the Bucks will win. But I'm not gonna take them by four and a half points. That's too much to me. So I'm gonna take the Saints plus four and a half. I like it. I like it. The Saints grease the Bucks the week one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they they did, did, Dane. They did. That's you're right. right. So I was, I'm still gonna take Saints plus four and a half. So. You gonna change your pick or now? You keeping it? Oh no, I'm just No, bro, I've got faith in where they've they've improved, and now they get the offensive firepower. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Gotcha. Well, I think it's time for you to get off to dinner with your lady. Yeah, huh? my lady's here. I'm excited, and I am going to enjoy dinner and enjoy some Thursday night football. Uh, pray for me that Aaron Jones starts because. Uh, I know he's been questionable all week, and I'm hoping he straps up tonight And for my fantasy's sake. So everybody be sending your prayers for me because I'm going to need it. <laughs> well, uh, I think we're all going to go smash some food. So all right, guys. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening this week. And uh, y'all uh, let us know what y'all think, and I uh, hope everyone's going to enjoy this football weekend. Yep, and just remember, guys, uh, like, share. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback. We haven't got as much feedback from you guys and I guess we haven't been as interactive on Twitter as we usually are but we want to hear what you guys say just shoot us a DM if you have any takes you want us to display on the podcast anything you want to say we'd love to share it so uh, we appreciate you guys and thanks for coming to hang out every single week alright y'all have a good week have a good one guys we'll see y'all next week